Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. We are, we have a, a special Sunday today. We have a special Sunday. It is Pentecost Sunday. It is Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples. It's exactly this day that we're celebrating today. It's a, it's a phenomenal day. Now, now, the day when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples was a game changer day. Not just for them, but for each and every one of us on this earth. Each and every one of us. Why? Now, before I start, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that question as we go through our sermon this morning. Before I start, I want to I tell you a story of a man. It was a rich man. And his mother became, it was her birthday, and she, she, um, she turned 80 years old. And he wanted to buy her a present that she would remember forever. And he was looking all around because he had no limitations. He could buy anything. And he, he saw a bird on the, on, on, on the internet. A bird that, that could speak um, four languages, have a vo vocabulary of over 4,000 words. The bird could even sing three operas. And he thought, this is the perfect present for my mother to keep her company. So he immediately bought the bird for like $50,000. And he, and he had the bird delivered to his mother. And the next morning at her birthday, he was so excited. He, he called her up and he said, hey, mom, did you get your presents? How, 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 was, how is your present? And she said, oh, my son, thank you so much. It was delicious. <laughs> so, and I mean, just, just seeing that is just, it's, it's a difference in perspective. Now, everything in life were created for a specific purpose. Did you know that? Now, the purpose that, that everything has changed from, from person to person because our perspectives on things change. Now, because of that, most people miss the blessing on God or the blessing of God's purpose on some things in life. Now, now maybe let me use, you, uh, use an illustration this morning. I've got a normal glass with me this morning. Now, a glass we use for so many things nowadays in our lives. Sometimes we use it to put flowers in. Or sometimes we put it, some, some of us use it to put our toothbrushes in the glass. Yes, I know there's, there's so many of us who do that. But some of us use the glass to catch a spider and then carry the spider out. Have you seen some of those scary videos? Or maybe you use the glass as a hearing instrument next to a wall. <laughs> Have you done that before? Now we use so many things to a glass, but no matter what we use this glass for, it was created for only one purpose, and it is to be filled. Filled with water, fluid to drink. Now, when it comes to us, each and every one of us, God has created us as the gem of His creation. We were the most important part of God's creation. No matter if you want to be or not, you are. And look what Paul said in Ephesians 3. Now, I wanna, wanna, um, you'll see some of the scriptures are on our website this morning or on, on the live stream. Ephesians 3 verse 18. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. And I want to give you and show you something out of that. Ephesians 3 verse 18 says the following. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experienced. The great multitude of the astonishing love of God, of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is this love? Then he says, verse 19, he says, How enduring and elusive is it? Then, 
endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflow with the fullness of God. Isn't that amazing? It's such an incredible scripture. If you read it out of a Passion Translation, it says so much that we are poured into, or God's love and His power and who, who God is, is poured into our lives to such a degree that we are filled to the fullness of who we are. Now, our purpose as human beings on this earth is to be filled to the overflow. Filled to the overflow of God. Overflow to the overflow. We are so full that we overflow. It's like this glass. If you use this glass and you fill it up and, you fill, and it's overflowing. Now we are, we are called and our purpose in life is to be overflowing with, with more of God. Of His presence, of His, of His love, of His power. Now the King James, I, I just wrote, um, um, read out of the Passion Translation. The King James actually says the following. It says, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. It's the same scripture, but it says it's a bit different. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Now, it's, it, the Bible speaks about two kinds of, of, of knowledge that we can have. Two kinds of knowledge. Number one, it speaks about an intellectual knowledge. Now, we all know about that. If you go to school, university, you learn, teach yourself a new trade. We have an intellectual knowledge that we grow in, but the Bible also speaks about it. Um, 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 experiential knowledge to experience and then build knowledge through that now verse 19 Paul actually was referring to experiential knowledge not intellectual knowledge experiential knowledge you see Paul was saying that if we would experience God's love in an experiential way it will pass mere intellectual knowledge and cause us to be filled with the fullness of God you see, to be filled with God cannot come from uh, intellectual knowledge. I'm sorry, it just can't. But it comes through experiencing more of God. Experiencing more of who, who He is. You see, we could turn this around and then say that, that you aren't really full of God's fullness or filled with God's fullness if you... Sorry, let, let, me, let me rephrase this. We could turn this around and say that if we aren't full of God's fullness, then we aren't really experiencing God's love. Not really. You see, we need to be filled with His fullness to experience the fullness of Him. Now, I never understood this as a child. I, I, always, thought, I always thought, how can I be filled up with God? How can I be full of Him? I mean, do I need to do something? Have, have any of you felt like that somewhere along your Christian life? Do I need to do something or to receive more of Him? Or, or how can I fill myself up with more of God? Now, I remember when I was um, 13 years old. It was my final year at, at primary school and my mom forced me to go to a camp. It was AFM camp, <coughs> church camp that I that she wanted me to go to. And I didn't really want to go to because I didn't know anybody at church. We just recently joined the church and I didn't want to go. And, and, and my mom forced me. Thank you, mom, for, uh, for forcing me, which is, actually was a good thing. So I remember I went on this camp and I only knew one, one guy on the camp. And we wasn't really friends, but we became friends later on. And, and I remember in this camp, the first evening in this camp, the, the youth pastor or the youth minister, he preached 
a heaven and hell message. <laughs> and he's like, if you don't repent now, you will go to hell. And all of us were so scared. We just ran to the front and we just wanted to get saved. And, and I remember I was sitting there and he came to me and he, he knelt in front of me. And I was so scared. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to do. I just knew that I needed more of God. And he said to Henny, have you ever been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I, I uh, to be honest, I said to him, really, I said to him, no, I think I'm too young for that stuff, you know. <laughs> and he said to me, no, 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 you're not too young. See, God is like a gentleman. He will never do something to you that, that will offend you or, or place you in a, in a, in a tough situation. No, no. He's like a gentleman. He will always gently come and fill you and bless you and touch you. And he says, can I pray with you? And I said, well, okay, sure. And he started praying. And I remember after 10 minutes, he wasn't even with me, but I was crying. And I could feel the Holy Spirit radiate from inside of me. I could feel I had an encounter with God like, like for the first time in my life. And in that moment, my life changed. My life changed. You see, the Holy Spirit's power in our lives is, is supposed to be like that. God created us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit's purpose on earth is to be our helper. That's what the, what the Bible said. Jesus even spoke about the advocate. I will send the advocate to you, but to be our helper. But his number one job on earth, the Holy Spirit, is to fill us with God's fullness. To fill us with God's fullness. To have an encounter with you so that you experience everything that God has for you. Everything. Now I can testify. <laughs> After that experience that I had as a 13-year-old boy, being radically and powerfully filled with the Holy Spirit, started speaking in tongues and without nobody. I mean, it was a supernatural Holy Spirit godly moment, which I never will forget. Now in that moment, I experienced... I experienced the Holy Spirit so tangibly that I realized that there is no way that I can be the same after this. I want to tell you this morning, if the Holy Spirit fills you, if He touches you, you will never be the same. You can't be the same. It is impossible. Now, after that weekend, I remember, that was the, the weekend. We came back on the Sunday morning. After that weekend, my life changed so much that people around me actually recognized I was different. Now, what happened, and I think in a Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon, we had a cricket game. And the cricket game, and to, to give you a bit of backdrop, in the cricket game, I was the number 11 player. I was the 11th man <laughs> during the whole scene. All through, my, all through my primary school years, I loved cricket and I loved sport. I did everything. But in that cricket team, I was an A team, but I was the 11th man. I was always the last guy to go out to bat. I stood at the most boring place in the field. Um, where no balls actually came to you and I mean it was just bad and on that afternoon my coach turned to me and he said to me Henny do you want to open the batting today I was like what what happened I mean I, I, what changed your mind and I grabbed it with both hands I walked in there and I made 75 runs and 20 overs being the 11th man in the team if you know cricket I mean that is a miracle that is amazing. And everybody's eyes were this big. They couldn't believe that the 11th man came in and, and, and the, the team we were facing had the best bowler in the, in, 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 in the whole province that was bowling for them. And I was knocking him for fours and sixes. I didn't even know what happened. But then later on I realized that the Holy Spirit 
did something so incredible inside of me that it had a, a physical impact on my life to such a degree. Now in that time I, re I remembered so well that I had a reality check in that week. As a 13, 13 year old boy I had a reality check that God did not create us to be empty. He did not. And I want to tell you this morning that God did not create you to be empty. Now I'm not saying empty empty is like a car. You know, so is it a car, electric, petrol, diesel. If a car runs on empty, you have a problem. See, the car doesn't function properly on empty. I don't know if you've tried it before. I remember when I was um, dating Salome, I went to the Corsais and, and in the evening I had to go home and I had the old little box-shaped um, Toyota Corolla and I knew every time I walked to my car and I thought, God, please let me just get home because there's no petrol in my car. <laughs> and I just had to make it over the bridge because I was living over a bridge from her. And if I could make it on top of the bridge, I could free home. And I mean, I, I really believe that God just literally filled my car every time, just going home. But see, if a car doesn't have petrol in, it doesn't function well. It doesn't. It, I mean, I don't know if you've been there, but you see, God didn't create our lives to function spiritually on empty. It, it, it didn't. God didn't create us to function spiritually on empty. Now, we can sit in church, and there's so many people still sitting in church today that, that, that are faithful churchgoers. But they're still spiritually empty. I mean, I've been there so, so long in my life. For all my life, until uh, I was 13 years, I, I went to church, I went to Sunday school, and I was just spiritually empty. I didn't know what, what religion was all about. I didn't, it was just a religion law to me. Now, just like Adam, that was created and flooded with the glory and the fullness of God, so were we created to be flooded with the fullness of God. Now, if we look through scriptures, I want to dive in scriptures. Now, today's sermon is not a deep revelation scripture, a sermon. It's a basic scripture or basic sermon that, that brings us to a place of telling us why is it important to have the Holy Spirit in our lives? Why is it, it, it is, we can't live without it important? Now, if we look through scriptures, everywhere we read about the Holy Spirit, Everywhere we read about the Holy Spirit, it has one important ingredient that's always involved. Do you know what it is? It is power. There is power. Every time he speaks about the Holy Spirit, we see the power of God being released. Now in Matthew 9, in Matthew 9, um, um, I think in verse 1 to 8, it speaks about Jesus healing a, paralyt a, 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 a paralyzed man. And it was quite amazing. The people brought him to Jesus and he, the, the man never, he was lame from birth and he stood up and he walked. A miracle. Now, <laughs> this was the first time the people in years, probably years and years and years, saw a miraculous thing done by God or through a man. And, and it was amazing. But there was Pharisees standing around the crowd. And immediately as Jesus healed the man, he says, may your sins be forgiven. Jesus said that. In verse 7 or 6 or 7 of Matthew 9. And in that moment, <laughs> in that moment, Jesus, the, the scripture says, and Jesus perceived what they were thinking and immediately turned to them and rebuked them because of, their, of, of what they were thinking. They were thinking, how can Jesus, the scripture actually says, how can Jesus tell someone that the sins are forgiven? He's not God. That is blasphemy. 
And, and Jesus turned around and he rebuked them because of that. Now, the mere fact that Jesus knew their thoughts showed them that he was God. But they still were so blinded by religion and law that they just wanted to prove their intellectual knowledge. While everyone around the Pharisees were amazed by the experiential knowledge that they just received. Now, look at what the people's, look at the people's reaction in Matthew 9 verse 8. Matthew 9 verse 8. It says, this is the people's reaction. It says, now, when the multitude saw it, they saw this miracle, they marveled and glorified God who has given such power <laughs> to men. Who has given such power to men. Now, look at this word power. I want to look at this word power. The people were amazed. By what? By Jesus? No, no. They were amazed by the power that was released through a man's life. Now, throughout all the Gospels and the stories of Jesus, there was one thing that grabbed my attention, or grabbed the people's attention. And it was the signs, the wonders, and the miracles, and the power of God through the ministry of Jesus. It was the first thing that grabbed people's attention. But if we look at the life of Jesus, and we look through the ages, and we look at all these things, and, and we know that his ministry only started when he was 30 years old. It only started. <laughs> it's amazing. Now, the Bible only mentioned Jesus as a boy when he was younger. He was about 14. He got lost in Jerusalem when they went to the festival. And his mother looked for him, and, and he was actually in the temple debating with the Pharisees and the, the, the priests. That was the last time the Bible mentioned it. And he was quiet about Jesus for about 15 to 18 years. So let's backtrack. Let's backtrack from this miracle. From this miracle, we backtrack to a place where Jesus was baptized. Are you ready? Now, I want to read out of Luke 3 verse 21 to 22. You can go there. It says, well, it's actually here on the screen. It says the following in verse 21, 22. It says, one day when the crowds were being baptized by John the Baptist, Jesus himself was baptized. And as he was praying, John the Baptist was praying, the heavens opened. Some Bible translation says the heavens were ripped open, tore open. The heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. I love that scripture so much. It just shows um, two amazing things in the scripture. If you look at it, number one is the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. In bodily form like a dove. Now, this is quite amazing. We, we, we can't miss this. Here we can see that the Holy Spirit is not just a spirit that's floating around all over. Like so many of us think, when I was young, I remember that I could actually, I always remember that the Holy Spirit, I thought it was a, like a spirit floating around and, and He's there maybe to help me. And No, no, the Bible actually states that the, the Holy Spirit was in bodily form. He is a person and we can have relationship with the Holy Spirit as person. Then secondly, God spoke audibly. God spoke audibly in that moment. Now, 
What a moment this must have been. I love what God said. He said, you are my son, my beloved son in whom I have so much pleasure. And you give me great joy. Now, I've, I've mentioned this so many times, but it keeps coming back to me. Jesus hasn't done one inch of ministry till that moment. And God says, I'm still pleased at you already before you've done anything. And so many of us feel in our lives that we need to do so much for God so that he can be pleased at us. He is pleased at you no matter what you do. It's because who you are. You are created as a son of God. And I love that because God's father's heart came out for his son and for all of us. And what a moment this must have been. The heavens tore open. Some translation says the heavens were torn open. The Holy Spirit was descended like a dove, not as a dove physically, like a dove in bodily form, ascended on Jesus. And God spoke audibly for all there, all everybody there that was there. They could actually hear God speak. Think about it. They were looking at people getting baptized. And here a man comes. And as he was baptized, all this amazing thing happened. I mean, I thought well, if I, would standing, I would be standing next to that river and Jesus left, I would run into that river. I want to be baptized. I just saw and heard the hair God of heavens. Amazing, amazing moment. I would love to see that. Now, it's important to know that from that day, the Holy Spirit was with Jesus from that day. Now let's look. If you look, um, we just read Luke 3 and at the end of Luke 3. And if you look at the first scripture of Luke 4, the first verse, Luke 4 verse 1, it says the following. Now Jesus just got baptized. All these amazing things happened. Then verse 1 and Luke 4 says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was just baptized in the Jordan. Then it says, but he was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now so many people quote this verse wrong. So many people think that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted. The Holy Spirit led him into temptation to teach him something. Now that is not true. If you read some translations and how it was translated, it says that, they, that Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Not into the wilderness. I know some translation says into the wilderness, but he was led in the wilderness. And therefore God can lead us wherever we are at. The Holy Spirit can lead us in the wilderness, in the valley, in the top of your mountain, in the best times of your life, in the worst times of your life. But the Holy Spirit led Jesus. That was the most important thing that we need to notice. No matter where we go in life, we need the Holy Spirit to lead us. See, Jesus didn't face temptation alone. He didn't. He had the Holy Spirit with him. The Holy Spirit was with him every step of every moment of that 40 days. When the Bible said he became hungry and the enemy came, the devil came and tempted him. Now, let's look at verse 14. If you go from verse 1 to verse 14. So Jesus went through the temptation in the desert. What happened when the temptation, everything was done? Look at verse 14. It says the following. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power, filled with the Holy Spirit. So he came out of the desert, out of temptation. He was hungry for 40 days. And the Bible says he came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it says reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Not just one town, the whole region. And what I love about this story is that Jesus stepped out of a tough moment. 
He stepped out of a moment when he was in the wilderness. He was struggling. He was fighting the enemy. He was in temptation. But he stepped out of that temptation in power. Why? Why? How did he do it? How could he step out of that thing in the power of the Holy Spirit? He wasn't alone. He was not alone. He had the Holy Spirit with him. Isn't that amazing? No matter what we face or where we're going through, or what we're stepping through, if we're going through um, um, uh, isolation, we're going through, through all this lockdown stuff, no matter what we're stepping through in our lives, no challenge, no tough things, if we step through it with the Holy Spirit, we will step out of it in power. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Now because of this power in Jesus' life, people started recognizing it. And reports about him, or reports about him, went viral. How many things have you known that went viral? Just look on Facebook, look on social media. If, if world news like the coronavirus, when COVID-19 went or came live, it went viral within a couple of days. Now the same with Jesus. There was no Facebook, there was no social media. It was word of mouth because people saw the power of God and they started speaking. Because power was what people were looking for. They were looking for something supernatural. Something that was beyond the human possibility. And it went viral. Now, now what I want us to see today is this. Jesus only received power when the Holy Spirit came on him. When the Holy Spirit came on him, when he was baptized. And then he started, then... Only then we started seeing signs, we see wonders, miracles through his ministry. And it's very important to notice that Jesus was quiet. We just, everything, Jesus was Jesus. But until he was baptized, the power of the Holy Spirit came on him. We started seeing signs, wonders, miracles. His ministry was birthed at that moment. Now, if we look at his disciples all through that time, if you look at his disciples, <laughs> we never saw really, really saw a power miracle through them. They cast out demons. They did here and there. They went out and told about Jesus. And, and, and yes, Jesus com commissioned them in, 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 Luke, in Luke 9 and, 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 and Matthew 10. When he commissioned, said, go out, heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. And maybe the Bible didn't speak about those as miracles, but it never was specific about the disciples doing miraculous signs like Jesus. But we see one thing that Jesus promised them. He promised them this. Now if you look at John 14 verse 15 to 17. It says the following. If you love me. Now this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, if you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. Now some Bible says a helper. Who will never leave you. Now, I love that. Do you know that the Holy Spirit will never leave you? He will never leave us. No matter what you go through, no matter how much sin, guilt, anything in your life, the Holy Spirit will never leave you once you are filled with Him. Then He says, He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. Now, this is very important. Then He says, I love this, He says, But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. Now, this is a mouthful. You can actually meditate on this two, three scriptures for a week 
Now Jesus says here, he gives to his, his disciples a promise, an amazing promise, not just a normal promise. He promises them the Holy Spirit. He promises them power. Now I believe the disciples knew that Jesus had something that they didn't have. I, 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 can, I believe that. They could see him doing things. They tried. I mean, there's a story of they trying to cast out this demon out of this boy and they couldn't do it. And Jesus came in and just walked in and said, out. And the demon was out. And he just said, this, this one only comes out by praying and fasting. But the disciples knew that Jesus had something they did not have. And look what Jesus says in, in verse 17. He says, but you know him because he lives with you now. They knew. See, so let me, he says the people, the, the world did not perceive the Holy Spirit on Jesus. They couldn't receive him because they weren't looking for the Holy Spirit. But you know him because you see him on me and he lives with you now and he will be in you later on. Now the world couldn't see him because they were looking for a man. They were looking for the Messiah. The world were looking for a savior, a king to come and save them and win and, and be victorious over all the Romans that was oppressing them. They weren't looking for the Holy Spirit. But the disciples knew because they were walking with Jesus. Now the, the world missed one thing. They missed the Spirit on Jesus. They were looking at the man. They thought he had the gift. But it was the Spirit that was on Jesus. Now I know Jesus was God and man. But the Spirit was empowering Jesus as he was walking on earth. Then... I love it because if you look at the story, God had a greater plan. He had such a greater plan. The people were looking for one man as the, as, as the thing. One man to be the, to, be the, um, to be the answer for everything in his life. One man. Although God had a different plan. His plan was to only release the Holy Spirit. I love this. So amazing. Now, <clears throat> if you read... Acts 1, 1, verse 4 and 5. Now this is very important. Um, uh, we're going we're gonna to read through the moment of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was about to ascend to heaven. He got, he, 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 he's saying everything changed the day when Jesus stepped out of that grave. The day when he stepped out of that grave, the game changed. The game officially changed. He was victorious. Authority was being released. <laughs> Something amazing was about to happen. Now, Let's read together in Acts 1, verse 4 and 5. It says, Once when um, he was eating with them, now this is Jesus being res resurrected, as the resurrected Jesus sat with the disciples. He says, Once he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sent you the gift he promised, as I told you before. And he reminded them, Remember in Luke 11, where I promised you the Holy Spirit? Remember it? Then, he says, John, the ba John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus was about to transform, transfer this power that he had onto humanity. Now, see, the disciples saw Jesus for the last time. This was the last time they would saw him. He was just about to ascend to heaven. This was the last meal they had with him. They were about to ascend to heaven. But he said to them, I want you to wait. I want you to wait. Now, to be honest, this was the greatest news. And I think the disciples couldn't wait to tell. It was, this was history in the making. This, this news was history. And they couldn't wait to tell everyone of everyone 
about Jesus that was that was that arose from the dead. But Jesus told him, I want you to wait. I want you first to receive the Holy Spirit. Wait till you receive the Holy Spirit before you run into the crowds, run into world and tell him, wait for the Holy Spirit. Now this shows us how important it is for us today even and for the working of the Holy Spirit through our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. We need it so much. We can't live without the Holy Spirit. We can't live without Him. We need Him in our lives. Now let's read verse 6 to 8. It says the following. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking, Lord, has this time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They were still thinking intellectually. They're missing the experimental, the experiential, the, the spirit side of it. I said, Lord, has this time come for you to free Israel and restore your kingdom, our kingdom? He replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But, I love this. He said, don't worry about all those things or what's going to happen or what's going to But, this is important. I said, you will receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. He says, this is the important thing. You will receive power. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and the ends of the earth. <laughs> I love that. You see, the one thing that stood out in this moment is that you will receive power. You will receive. He says, don't worry about the kingdom and what's going to happen and who's going to lead and, and, and what's going to happen and when everything. No, no, don't worry about those things. What I want you to be concerned about is to receive this gift that I'm about to give you. Isn't that amazing? Now, the phrase right here bugged me for so long in my life. So long. It bugged me. As Christian, as a young Christian, I remember I was a student and, um, and, and I, was, it's, I still I, I meditated on this so long. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit came upon you. Why? Because I wanted the power. I was baptized and I had a powerful moment when I was 13 years old. And then I went into a plateau in my life to my high school years. And I came as a student and something started stirring inside of me. I said, Lord, if I have the Holy Spirit... Why am I not seeing the power of God in my life? You see, you say in your word, a greater works I will do, but I don't see those things. See, I wanted to pray for the sick. I wanted to be able to prophesy. I wanted to be able to touch people's lives with the life of God. And not just be intellectual or religious. I wanted to be experiential in, 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 by experiencing God and the full knowledge that He gives. I remember, and this is a long testament, I'm just going to have a, God started doing some things in my life. I started seeing mighty miracles in my life. I started seeing things that, that, that is not normal for certain people. I started seeing signs, wonders, miracles, as I were hungry for all this amazing supernatural things of God, I started seeing it. You see, it's always, you will only see in your life what you hunger for. What are you hungry for in your life? Are you, are you just hungry to sit in church and receive and continue? Are you hungry to see the more that God has for all, to all of us? It's like driving a car. Never, never knows that the car has turbo boost. 
and you've always been driving at 80 kilometers an hour and never knew that I just need to push this button to go to 200 kilometers an hour and have the turbo boost power in my car. So many Christians get stuck at the 60 kilometers car when they have the power, the turbo boost button already built into it. Now I remember I was, I was doing a course for a bunch of students one day and, and God started doing some miracles in my life. And I started listening to the Holy Spirit of where I need to pray and where I need to trust Him. And listen, you have to have faith sometimes praying for a miracle, praying for God to heal someone because it's not from you, it's from the Holy Spirit. And I remember I was doing a course and there was a girl standing way at the back and she was doing like this and I could see she had some, there was some either uncomfortable, she was uncomfortable or something wasn't right. And I hear the Holy, heard the Holy Spirit say to me, go and pray for after the session. I finished my session and as people had coffee, I walked over to her and I said, listen, I, I saw you were uncomfortable at the back. Um, are you okay? Is it? She said, no, I just got terrible back pain, terrible back pain. And I thought, well, well and, and before I could really think, I just said, well, can I pray with you? I mean, I, I serve a God who heals. Can I just pray for you? Come sit down here. And uh, I had to sit down on a chair and I, I took a two foot or a legs and put it up. And as I brought her legs up, I was in shock because she had a, um, a shoe that was built up because her one leg was eight centimeters shorter than the other one, like this much. And I had the two legs up and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. And before I got myself, it's like, well, just pray. Let's take off your shoes. And, and she had scars on her legs later on, realizing that she was in an accident when she was young. They had to reconstruct her leg. So her leg was literally eight centimeters shorter than the other one. It was not because of muscle spasms. This was literally the bone was not longer. It was longer than the other one. She was, she was almost paralyzed in a certain way. So I took her feet like this. <laughs> the one was longer. And I started praying and I could see how God was starting to do a recreative miracle in my hands as that leg started growing out. Eight centimeters. And her eyes were this big. She was crying because she was praying and trusting God so long for a miracle like this. And, and I could just feel the Holy Spirit functioning out of my life into her and from her to me. And, and how the Holy Spirit just came and take, took that, that situation and did a miracle. And afterwards, she came running to me and said, I'm so excited. I'm going to go to the shops now. I'm going to buy myself a pair of boots because this is my biggest need that I have, my biggest um, dream that I had was to wear my own pair of boots and I could never do that because my legs was not normal. It was so amazing to see how the joy of the Lord came when the power of the Holy Spirit was released in her life. Now maybe you have got, you've got a question this morning. Maybe you've got a question and said, but how can I be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a degree that I can pray for the sick and I can feel and experience and encounter God to a deeper level in my life? Maybe there's something that, that's a need in your heart, like an outcry in your heart that says, I want to experience more. I want to have deeper encounters with God. Now, that is, that is normal. There is a need inside of all of us to have a deeper encounter with God every day. Every day we need to wake up with that place in our hearts where we say, Lord, I want more of you. I want more of you. Deeper encounters with you. Now in Luke 11, Verse 1 to 13. Now it's not on here this morning. I just want to quote it before. Jesus came to the disciples and Jesus said, He, talk, he spoke about a relationship 
that the father had with the child. And it's so amazing when God speaks about us receiving something. He always speaks from a relationship that a father had with a child. And he said the following, when if a child comes and asks a bread to the father, the father doesn't give him a rock. Or when he asks for a fish, the, the father doesn't give him a snake. But then verse 13, I'm just going to quote this. It says the following, he says, So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children. He says, if a sinful father who doesn't even know God give good gifts to his children. He says, how much more will your heavenly father God the Father, King of our lives, our Creator, how much will the Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? And I love this because he says that whenever we ask for a greater encounter with God, some people feel, but I need to, I need to be, I need to be, um, um, uh, volvasse, I mean, Afrikaans word volvasse, um, mature in Christ before He can give me a deeper relationship with Him. I need to be, I need to be more intellectual about the Bible. I need to get more. No, no. All we need to do is receive from the Father as a child. We just need to receive. I remember when I was 13 years old and I sat on my knees that night being scared and fearful if, I, if I'm going to go to hell or not. And in that moment, God didn't come as a, as a dictator. He came as a loving Father. And He filled me to overflow with everything He had. In my life and God wants to do that with each and every one of us uh, one of us in our lives now I want to invite you to to this morning to pray and we're gonna have communion I want to invite you to get your communion stuff ready and and we as families gonna have communion together and um, and communion having communion together is a special time it's a special time when we celebrate a covenant that Jesus has made with us that will last into eternity. The covenant was that, that, that you have been freed from your sin because I've paid for your sin. And because I've paid for your sin, I gave you authority and I gave you power to be sons of God. And therefore, I gave you the Holy Spirit. So every time I take communion, I break the bread, I, had, I take the wine, it reminds me that God has given me so much. He's given you so much. He's given us freedom. He has given us fullness to overflow. And He has given us the Holy Spirit that goes with power in your life. Isn't that amazing? I want to invite you, as you do communion this morning, won't you come like a child to a father? I remember I'm reading a book about Benny Hinn, and I don't know if you know Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn had a phenomenal ministry worldwide where people got healed sitting in a crowd just in worship. He had a tremendous ministry of the Holy Spirit touching people. And, and he spoke and he said the first time he met the Holy Spirit, he was a young boy. And he just had an experience with the Holy Spirit. He was in a room and he could feel the presence there of the Holy Spirit. And, and in that moment, he knew that, that the speaker was talking about, I'm, I, the Holy Spirit is my best friend. And he thought, but I want to have the Holy Spirit as my best friend. And he went back to his room that night and he sat on his knees and he just said, Holy Spirit, I, I just know you there. And I see that that preacher said, I can be your friend. Won't, will you be my friend? And I love that because it was so childlike. And the Holy Spirit came and filled him. And, there was, and the power of God flowed through his life in, in a powerful ministry from that day. And I want to encourage you, as you're taking communion with your family this morning, 
and you've never had an encounter with God, or maybe you've never felt that you've had, you've had an infilling of the Holy Spirit, won't you just be like a child and ask God this morning? He is so faithful. Because God stirs a desire in our heart for these things that no man or no, no man can, can describe. So as we take the communion this morning, will you pray together and pray, Father, will you fill me to the brink? Will you fill me up? Will you fill me to overflow with your presence and your Holy Spirit this morning? And then just open your heart and receive. Because that's the only, we can't do anything. We can't perform. We, can't, we can just receive as sons of God. So if you are ready this morning, I want to invite you to, to come and, and have communion with us. So we've got communion here. I want you to grab your communion right there where you're at. And we're going to go over to communion. Father, we thank you this morning as we, are, as we have a holy moment in your presence. Father, we thank you that, that we know that you are God. You are God of the heavens and the earth. And you created us all with a purpose to be full to the brink. To be full to overflow with more of you. And therefore you gave us the Holy Spirit so that, so that we can be empowered every day of our lives. And Father, I pray that, that each and every one listening to this sermon today will have, a, will have an encounter with the Holy Spirit this week, today even. And that the Holy Spirit, that you will speak to each and every one of us, that you will remind us of your presence, of your power, of your goodness in our lives, of your wisdom in our lives, that you are our helper in every moment, that you lead us, not into the wilderness, but in every situation you lead us. You lead us and we open our lives for you to lead us, to fill us, to come and empower us every day of our lives, Father. Father, I pray for our hunger and our hearts for more of you. Holy Spirit, that we cannot live without you. That being a son of God is to be filled with the fullness of God and walking in the power of, of God. And I thank you, Father, for each and, each and every one of our church members who's watching today, Lord. Lord, I pray that you touch them deeply, that you touch their lives, that you touch their hearts, that you touch their emotions today, that you touch their jobs, their families, every situation that, they face them, uh, that, that they're facing this week, that you will touch it deeply. Holy Spirit, you will come and bring a change in everything because we serve a God of power. And of the impossible. Lord, I pray for every need now in Jesus' name. If you are listening this morning and you've got a need this morning in your heart, maybe it's a physical need, maybe it's you're trusting God for healing in your body, maybe you're trusting God for healing in your emotions, maybe you're struggling with depression, or maybe you're struggling with, with, with anxiety, or whatever in your life, maybe you struggle financially, won't you just stretch out your hand to the camera right now, just where you're at? And this is a sign of agreement, that we agreeing together, as the Bible says in Matthew 18, we agree together that God is in control and He is going to intervene in that situation. Father, we thank you that I can agree with every person on this live stream right now. And Father, I pray that you come right now and you change, you shift everything that, that is not from you. Lord, I come on every, every sickness, every pain, to bow its knee to Jesus. Lord, I, I speak to every financial situation, every business, every family situation. Lord, every situation 
that, that, is, that feels like an impossibility to everyone. Lord, I pray that you intervene now, Holy Spirit. And that you touch them right now. You touch that moment. You touch that business. You touch that family. You touch that, that painful place or that sickness. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you are good. And your goodness never ends. So, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we could have church together and just where we are at. And I pray that you touch everyone this morning, that they will have a fantastic family day today and that they will enjoy your presence this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.